Well, good morning and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brewer Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. This is Ted, and Austin's having some equipment problems right now. He'll be with us momentarily. And uh, so good morning, guys. I really appreciate you folks, and I had a good prayer time this morning with Sharon. I want to share that with you and just let you know that we really, really, really care about you, and we really, really love you. And I was talking to some people yesterday, and we were talking about marriages yeah, I'm going to start off with this because I'm going to start. I'm going to give you a lot of news today too. Don't worry about that. But I, but I, I talk about marriages, and I want to give you a little bit of advice. You know, marriage is a give-give situation. I remember one time I was in the uh, MBA program way back about, gosh, over 40 years ago, 45 years ago in the in Florida, at Florida State University, and I met a guy that he was married and. And he was young, you know, we were all young back then, and he was married to his wife. They'd been married for a few years, and they had this great marriage. His name was Doug. And I asked him one time, I said, what's the secret to the marriage? And he goes, we both give 100%. I said, well, what do you mean by that? He goes, we both give 100%. I always try to do what's best for my wife, and she always tries to do what's best for me. And when we do it that way, it works really well. He goes, you know, people tell you you have to give 50-50. He goes, it doesn't work that way. That somebody's always having a compromiser basically to, to lose the deal. He says, you always want to give 100% each way and always think about the other person's best interest. And I thought about that for a long, long time, and, and Doug was right. The problem that you run into is that you have to marry somebody who's willing to do that. Now, I'm going to share something with you guys, and this is really important that you get this, especially if you're young and you're listening to the show. A lot of times you have people out there that are takers, and there's two basic Two basic categories of givers. You've got, well, there's the third one too, which is people that are neutral, but you have people that are givers and people that are takers. And what I've learned a long, long time ago is that givers have a hard time being friends with takers because what ends up happening is the givers continue to give and the takers continue to take and finally the givers just finally realize it's a one-sided relationship and they've had enough. It's like in a marriage. Let's say I had a, this morning we had Savannah over here and she had one of her friends from work and they were heading to the beach today and they're both about 19 years old and they're both looking forward to getting their concealed weapons permit when they turn 21, just to make it more relevant for you folks. And I was talking to the one young lady and she was a championship airsoft shooter. I didn't know she had that skill set, but she does. And she was talking about how as soon as she turns 21, she's going to become, you know, getting a, getting a concealed weapons permit. And I looked at her and I said, well, you understand now your husband will be involved in that decision. She goes, well, yes, of course, but I'm going to get my gun. And I said, you're absolutely right. And I said, now, here's the deal. I said, a lot of people are accused of being selfish because they have a different opinion of someone else than someone else has. And I said, let me give you an example. And I said, a person who's selfish is always selfish. A person who has an inherent selfish nature is always going to be selfish. It doesn't matter what you do, they want more. It doesn't matter what you give, they want more. It doesn't matter what you say, they want their own way. They're selfish people. Now, givers can have opinions, but they're not selfish. Let me give you an example with her and what I told her this morning. She was saying, well, what kind of gun are you going to carry? And she said, well, I like to carry a Glock. That's what I'm, that's my concealed preferred weapon. I said, well, what if your husband wants you to carry a Kimber? And she looked at me kind of funny and she goes, this is, by the way, for those of you who aren't familiar with handguns, that's another really nice handgun. And she goes, well, I guess it really wouldn't matter. I said, what if he gives you a Kimber to carry? Because it's his opinion that the Kimber is a more accurate weapon. She goes, she goes, well, that would be fine. This is exactly what I'm talking about. You know, in a marriage, as in life, as in friendships, as in everything that we do as far as our Christian associates, we always have to be willing to do give and take and always think about the other person's best interests. But I have a lot of people out there that say, well, a lot of people are just selfish. No, they may not be selfish, but they may be selfish. But selfishness is systemic. And what I found is that when people are selfish, it goes to the bone, through the bones. It's not just skin deep. It goes all the way to the bone. And everything they do and everything they want is always about them, 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 them. 
They never give anything to anybody. It's always about how much can I get from you? What can I take from you? It's greed is what it is. And it's one of the things that Jesus said, the love of money is the root of all evil. And a lot of people that are selfish, they don't care about who they hurt or what they do. All they want is what they want all of the time. That's different than telling you to carry a Kimber when you want to carry a Glock because that's just a difference of opinion. Always remember that. A person isn't necessarily being selfish if they say to you, hey, I don't want to go to the January the 6th meeting in D.C. because I think we're getting set up by Donald Trump and the Kabbalist Luciferian network that runs the planet. Something ain't right. Holy Spirit's urging me not to go. That's not selfishness. That's an opinion or it can be a leading from the Holy Spirit. Always remember that and try to work with one another to give 100% in both directions in your marriage. I guarantee you guys it will make your life a lot easier. I'll give you another example. Yesterday, Sharon had to go in. She had some earwax uh, from an earplug caught in her ear, and she had to go have it removed, and that's why Austin ran solo yesterday. And it was interesting because my uh, the doctor, the chiropractor that had tried to get it out the day before, who had finally sent her to the ENT surgeon, uh, texted me and says, well, is Sharon going to get the frequency earplugs that basically create an energy field like a Bose headset to prevent you from hearing her you're hearing you snore at night, which is Sharon's complaint. When she says I snore, I still don't know if that's true or not, but I do believe her. And, and what's funny about that is I told her, I told Sharon, I said, would you like to get these? She said, absolutely not. And my doctor friend said something interesting. He said, well, tell her to do it. You need to convince her. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to burn up relationship chips like that, C-H-I-P-S, like poker chips. I'm not going to burn up relationship chips like that. This is not an important deal for me. This is her issue with me snoring and whatever kind of earplugs she wants to use. It's not going to break back off in her ear. It's fine with me. I don't care. It's entirely up to her. I'm not going to burn chips. Listen to me, friends. If your husband wants to get a bowling ball and you guys can afford it, don't fuss at him for getting a bowling ball. Don't do that. It's, just, it's a bowling ball. It doesn't matter. Husbands, if your wife wants to get a bowling ball and she wants the one she wants, Give her the bowling ball she wants. It becomes a non-issue like that. Don't make big deals out of little things. Don't burn up relationship chips in order to try to force your will on the, on your spouse. It's not okay. And the same thing with family members. Everybody's got to learn how to negotiate, work through things. And it's really important that we all do that on an ongoing basis because, guys, our time on this planet is really short. And we, if, we, if we don't have the ability to walk in love with our family members and basically be kind to one another – and, and be giving to one another, if somebody has an idiosyncrasy, if, if they want to do a thing a certain way, is it really that big of a deal that everybody's got to go nuts over it? Is it really? This morning, Savannah was with her friend in there, and she was talking to me, and I was talking to them both about giving them some advice, and then Savannah kind of got up and kind of wanted to walk away for a minute. And I looked at her and I said, you need to sit down. You need to hear this. Now, I wasn't being mean. I wasn't being selfish. She's 19 years old. She's a teenager. She's a brilliant child. She's got three A's and a B for the semester as far as school. Very, very proud of her. But we all need to work and learn from one another. That's really important that all of us need to continue to give and, and not, not see somebody else's idiosyncrasy as them being weird or being selfish because it may just be how they feel. You know, like me, I used to carry a Kimber handgun. I used to carry it in my pocket all the time, everywhere I went, 45 Kimber. And then finally I went to the range one day, and I shot the Kimber, and it jammed after the first round. Well, then I found out that it was pocket lint and that the Kimber is so close in its tolerances that if you try to shoot it with pocket lint, it jams. Well, I cleaned it, went back to the range about you know a month later, shot it again. It jammed again. And I thought, what the heck? And finally I realized that even though I like the Kimber better because it's more accurate, the Glock's a better weapon. It's not as accurate, but it doesn't jam. It'll fire underwater. It'll fire where it's got sand in it. Just keep shooting. 
So now I carry a Glock and I put the Kimber, you know, away and locked it up. And I thought to myself, wow, my opinion has changed on this. So give people the right to change their opinion and to do things the way they want to do them. You know, I know with me, I was just reading a thing about Linda Ronstadt this morning because I really liked Linda Ronstadt's voice back in the, back in the eighties. She was amazing. And she said something, you know, and it's very true. And you think, well, you shouldn't feel that way, Linda. You shouldn't think that way, Linda. You know, you shouldn't make it a big deal about this. But what she was doing is she was talking about being on the road. And she said that it really, really makes you really, really lonely. And here's the quote she said. She goes, in 1976, Rolling Stone interviewed with Cameron Crowe. Linda Rossett said they haven't invented a word for that loneliness, that loneliness that everybody goes through on the road. The world is tearing by you real fast, and all these people are looking at you, but you're lonely. Then they haven't invented, they haven't invented a word to describe it. And that happened to me back in the 90s. I mean, I was gone all the time. Austin was little. Sharon was, you know, busy with the, with Austin and homeschooling. And sometimes we'd end up going to, you know, we'd, 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 I'd take the kids, I'd take Austin with me or take Sharon with me. But most of the time, I flew by myself. And I was traveling all over the country all of the time, living out of a suitcase. And nobody can describe to you that loneliness. People are always asking me, do you want to get back on the seminar circuit? My response is always a resounding no. <laughs> they go, why not? I said, been there, done that, experienced the loneliness and being by myself for days on end, you know, in a hotel room. It was really horrible. And I was listening to Linda Ross that sings some songs this morning and, and uh, that, that song, that funny song she did with the, with the Muppets. And she says, you'll know them by, you'll know that he loves you by his kiss. And I was listening to it because I was talking to a friend of mine, Mike Van Norton, this morning about the old rockers from the 70s, how a lot of these guys has really good voices. And, guys, just, just do that this morning. I want to share that with you because I want you to realize that, you know, it's always a give and take in life. And learn to react and live with your spouse in such a way that everybody benefits from the decisions that you both make. That's really, really, really important. I want to give you some marriage advice this morning. But also I want to share something else with you. You know, Klaus Schwab. You know, we've talked about Klaus Schwab, and again, I never really talked to you about the fact that Klaus Schwab is a Rothschild. <laughs> I can't make this up. You talk about the ultimate person who wants everything his own way. That would be Klaus Schwab. By 2030, you'll own nothing, and you'll basically uh, be happy because we're going to change your DNA. And I guarantee he's not taking the shot. His DNA is already different. But here's the here. Let me give you the background on this. Klaus Schwab, on his mother's side, was a Rothschild. Back in the 1830s, a guy named Morris Rothschild was born. He married a lady by the name of Emma Binge. They had another Rothschild called Lewis Rothschild. He married Melanie Emmerich. They ended up basically having a daughter named Marianna Schwab, who was married to Fred Schwab, who Marianna Schwab was a Rothschild. Klaus Schwab is a Rothschild on his mother's side. Cannot make this up. And I wanted to share that with you this morning because, you know, we're always wondering why this group of Satanists, which is what these people are, you'd call them Kabbalists or they'd call themselves Kabbalists, why they always seem to be at the head of all of this stuff. Well, they intermarry. This Rothschild banking cartel, now they have Klaus Schwab, who's a Rothschild, but guess what? They're not using Klaus Schwab's name as Rothschild, are they? Remember what Austin and I talked about you know, last year? If every single person knew that almost every single thing, including State Street, Vanguard, and BlackRock, are owned by the Bloodline families, which is this is one of them, and you know, and basically the international banking communities, and everything was Rothschild Bank, Rothschild Five and Ten, Rothschild Gas Station, Roth. Well, that's what we have now. 
but it's BlackRock and State Street. And they're using that computer algorithm that we talked about a few months ago in order to buy up stuff and to push prices up. And yesterday, Austin did an excellent job. He went into the central banks and talked about the, you know, you know, Ron Paul and everybody else as far as trying to audit the Fed. Until we get rid of that, that claw, that talent of the Rothschild banking cartel printing fiat currency out of the United States, it doesn't matter what else we do. And Austin was a little bit down about that yesterday. I was listening to the show, and he says, I don't think that's going to happen. And I, said, and, I, and I agree with Austin. The people back in, in January the 6th, a year ago, they got set up. They got set up by Donald Trump and other people that were setting up events there. I'm not going to mention any more names because I don't want to be in the middle of all that. But you guys know other people that were reading the fairgrounds, and they had all these speakers supposedly supposed to speak. They were supposed to have stages set up, and there were no stages, and there were no – and all these people showed up to hear nobody speak. I'm not going to mention names. But all of a sudden – these people are being told by Trump he's going to lead them to the Capitol building, and then the Secret Service tells him he can't go, and so they go without him. And now another one of the Oath Keepers basically you know, decided that they were going to have to testify and you know, talk about what they did, and they went into detail. And I sent it to Austin this morning about how they were planning to go in and overthrow the government. I mean they really were. They were planning on Trump leading them and having a armed insurrection against the government. Now, guys, listen to me. Then you had the FBI guys in there pushing and pushing these people to go through the open doors that have been opened by Capitol Security, which they're lying about in this article, and they're saying they broke the doors open. It's not true. All of this stuff was a set-up stage to prevent us as patriots from continuing to push what we're pushing and telling the people the truth because they want everybody to think, if you tell anybody the truth, if you do anything that you know you're supposed to do, what we're going to do is we're going to arrest you. Or we're going to seize your stuff in Canada, and we're going to close your bank accounts. We're going to do all of this stuff to you, or we're going to put you in jail, and we're going to charge you with insurrection in the United States. It's the biggest riot we've ever had in the United States, which is a total lie. should have seen this stuff back in the 60s. And Austin and I, last year, beginning of this year, actually, we were at that growth, that uh, that, our, that drugstore, and we had to buy a wrist wrap for him because he had broken his hand. And I'll never forget, there was that article, I think it was one of the big magazines, Looker Life or whatever, and they had the, the, the biggest pictures of the last hundred years. And a double-page spread was the capital insurrection of January the 6th. They're using this against us, and they're telling us that we can't tell the truth about what happened because if we do, we now are going to be arrested. We're going to have all kinds of things happen to us. Let me give you another example. This is a really good article. I posted it on yesterday's website. Canada now is hiding in their bill outlawing Holocaust denial that criminalizes free speech in the budget bill. I'm going to read this to you for a second. I'm going to let Austin take over. Canada's federal government is set to make it a criminal offense to make a statement denying the Holocaust took place or condoning or downplaying the killing of Jews by the Nazi regime, except in a private conversation. Ministers are rushing to change the criminal code by inserting the huge limitation on speech into the budget. Canada will join a string of European countries, including Germany, Greece, France, Belgium, and the Czech Republic, which have already prohibited, prohibited Holocaust denial. A similar, similar bill proposes up to two years in prison. The budget set aside more than $70 million for initiatives benefiting Canada's Jewish community. Canada already had a similar law and tried to prosecute Ernst Zundel, author of The Six Million Jews Really Die, twice for publishing false news in violation of Section 181 of Canada's criminal code. After numerous legal battles, the Supreme Court of Canada struck down the country's laws against spreading false news as a violation of free speech. I'm going to make this comment here. I don't normally talk about this. People are always asking me, 
how many Jews died in Germany. And my, my answer is always the same. I don't know. They say it's six million. They say, would you believe that? My response is, I don't know. Now, in Canada, will that become hate speech now? Because I say, I don't know. I know that you'd steal Steven Spielberg when he accepted the Oscar for Schindler's List and he spoke. He said the show was being done for the 4.5 million Jews who were still alive in concentration camps throughout Europe from Germany at the end of World War II. Well, to me, if you really wanted to kill a group of people or a specific race through genocide, well, died. I know a lot of people died in those camps. I know a lot of Christians died. I know a lot of Catholics died. I know a lot of Jews died. A lot of people died because if you weren't able to work, these were slave labor camps. To them, they considered you to be a useless eater, kind of like Henry Kissinger says that about people and Klaus Schwab and all the rest of them. So they ended up making, being taken out back, and a lot of them were shot and killed. They were. And a lot of them, by, by the way, but more of them died of typhus. I just want to mention that to you guys. Typhus and starvation because the Allies had bombed the railways, well, railroads and also the bridges and also – the roads coming into the concentration camps throughout Germany. So you got to look at all of this stuff. That's why I say to you guys, read the book The Bad War by King. Excellent book. I posted it again as a free PDF. But be very careful when you see stuff like I'm talking about right now out of Canada. Why can I not ask? I wasn't there. I don't know how many people died. How do you know how many people died? Why can I not ask that if you weren't there? Well, we know that the revisionists continually write history to the way they want you to remember it rather than what really, really happened. Wow. Austin, what do you think, bud? That's well said, and I'm, I'm, I'm back up and running with everybody. I apologize about my delay this morning. The Internet was down for about 10 minutes here at the office. We came in, and then it came out, and then it came back in again. So I'm up and running here, and you're absolutely right about this. If the overall goal was pure genocide, why not just shut off the water pipelines to the concentration camps? It only takes three days for somebody to die as far as from water deprivation. It's not very difficult to do whatsoever if that's your overall goal. And so I've always had that question, and nobody's ever been able to answer that either as well. And what's interesting, like you just said, was that going to be hate speech as well? If I say, why didn't the Nazi regime just shut off the water supply to the concentration camps for three days? If they wanted to take everybody out that was in there. Oh, well, you can't ask that. That's hate speech. You can't, you can't bring those topics up. Well, why not? Well, just, you can't say those. They're verboten. It's exactly what I talked about yesterday's show. This whole disinformation unit the DHS is putting together now. It's for one thing and one thing only. It's to criminalize free speech. That's it. I mean, you, you boil it down to its rawest form. That's what it is. They want to make sure that nobody has the ability to talk about anything that they don't deem acceptable. And that's where it always ends up going, isn't it? It's funny. There's an article now that came out from Zero Hedge. And it says now, basically, that the Russian foreign minister has issued a formal appeal to the United States stating that anything that starts coming in now from the United States is essentially going to be bombed. If the United States is actually interested in resolving the Ukraine crisis, the U.S. would stop sending billions of dollars in weaponry and hard weapons to Ukraine. He goes on to say here, if the U.S. and NATO are really interested in resolving the crisis, first of all, they should wake up and stop supplying the Kiev regime with arms and munitions. <laughs> the United States and its NATO allies continue to pump weapons in Ukraine. I can confirm that any transport from the North Atlantic Alliance that arrives in the country with weapons or material for the Ukraine armed forces will now be considered as legitimate target for destruction. The warning comes after the U.S. has led its way into pumping tens of billions of dollars into military aid in Kiev, and now the U.K. 
just approved a $375 million weapons package this week to send to Ukraine. <laughs> Germany has also approved sending heavier weapons, though Berlin has also said its own military stockpiles are depleted and running low. Meanwhile, Tuesday, Russia launched a large number of cruise missiles apparently targeting railway and electronic infrastructure in various regions of Ukraine, including the western city, knocking out power to large swaths of cities all across Ukraine. And this is what I've continued to tell everybody. The whole thing that you're seeing in Ukraine is complete and total theater as far as what the U.S. has wanted to tell you. Ukraine and Russia is a direct conflict between two countries that are on the other side of the world. There's absolutely zero reason whatsoever for the United States to be involved in it. Ukraine's not even a NATO country, period. However, Ukraine has been involved, as we have seen now, from the Biden laptops in massive amounts of money laundering throughout this entire regime and bioweapon labs platforms that the U.S. State Department has directly funded. We've seen that evidence as well come out now. So then you start realizing, okay, maybe there's more to what we're being told about this entire conflict. And at the same time, why are we sending billions and billions and billions of dollars of weaponry and armament and MRAPs and missiles and tanks and everything to Ukraine? Well, because there's a very specific agenda and goal that they want to push over in that country. Always do your research and always ask questions. I encourage people to do that all the time. It doesn't matter what somebody feels about a situation. You can disagree, you can ask a question, you can simply bring up a topic and say, no, this doesn't make any sense. Even though this is what you're telling me, even though this is what you're saying on the news, it doesn't make sense. I have a right to question it, I have a right to push it, and I have a right to test it, period, all the time. It doesn't matter if you're going to agree on the same topic, it doesn't mean you're actually going to come to the same point, but it means you always have a right to bring that topic up. No matter who it is, no matter where it is, no matter what it is, that's why they're trying to bring this disinformation unit to the DHS department. They want to make sure nobody has the right to question something. Nobody has the right to disagree. Nobody has the right to say, no, this doesn't make any sense. This is stupid. There's no absolute reason whatsoever that we should be doing this under any circumstances. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's fake news. Don't you believe science? You know, I saw the a... a clip, somebody sent me a clip yesterday of Kamala the moron Harris and she was doing this big rally speech and she blatantly said we are not going to take this, it's our body our choice, nobody has a right to tell us what we can and can't do with our body, she was referring to this entire staged political theater about Roe vs. Wade and I just started laughing, laughing hysterically and I looked at the comments, and the comments were exactly what I was thinking. They, a bunch of people, there's like 2,000 comments, I think it was on Breitbart. And a large percentage of the people, including myself, was sitting there looking at it and going, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. Let's take a step back real quick. What happened five months ago when we were told that the entire country had to be fully vaccinated up to their fourth booster shot with RNA gene therapy that was experimental that's now had over a million and a half severe adverse events according to the VAERS system? What happened when people said, no, I don't, I don't want to get the shot? And they were not only ostracized, some of them were completely and totally dispatched from their family. Some of them were fired. Some of them were completely and totally disowned from companies. But yet, 
all of a sudden now, oh, it's 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 your body. You can you have the right to make your choice about executing your young child that's being born. Oh, that's that that's that's totally your choice. You understand that that's science. It's science that you can murder the child, but it's not science if you question an RNA experimental gene therapy shot. And I was thinking to myself, I was I was watching it, and I went, here we go again. We have this this dialect, this complete and total theater that we continually see, and it's designed to confuse the masses. It's designed to do exactly what it's doing. It's to break up the hard mind. It's designed to split personalities. You come in and say, no, no, no. You do not have a right to say no to this shot. We can inject you with any experimental shot we want because it's science. We told you it's science. You have to get this shot right now because we said it's science. But here, well, on the other side of the platform, if you want to execute your child in birth all the way up to full-term abortions, which are legal in New York, and you want to basically have your baby and then decide whether or not you want to execute it, that's totally your right. You can do that. But you can't say no to experimental RNA shot. This is, again, to break down the fabric and the societal norms and break down any and all laws, ethics, morals. This is what we've run into now in this country is a large percentage of the country does not have any type of values. They have no Christian ethics. They have no basis for what they hold things on. Even if somebody doesn't agree with something or somebody doesn't like something or somebody doesn't go along with something – the vast majority of the United States doesn't even understand what that means anymore. Why, why, why are you being? Why are you acting like this? Why are you not wanting to get an RNA shot? Well, because that's my right. I actually don't have to explain to you why I don't want to get an RNA shot. But since you asked, I'll go into detail about it. And they say, no, you don't have that right. But yet you have a right to execute a child that just got born. This is designed to degrade and remove the overall moral integrity and fabric of this country. Like I said before, we're seeing now where natural law no longer exists. Laws of nature apparently no longer exist. I made the joke yesterday. I said, well, they absolutely need to overturn Roe versus Wade because now that we've established in the scientific community that men and women can have babies – and men can be women and women can be men at any point in time and there is no construct of reality anymore. Well, you're absolutely right. They need to make sure that men can have abortions too because, I mean, that's that's only fair, right? I mean, men men that are having babies need to be able to have abortions, though we have to overturn this. And again, I was being grossly sarcastic yesterday when I said that as I am today. But again, it shows you the level of moronic behavior and thought process that is currently infecting the entire country. And this is what you do. You slowly go in and you dissolve natural laws. You go in and dissolve morality. You dissolve ethics. You have no biblical principles whatsoever under any circumstances. And then you come in and bring in your new norms, your new construct, your new ideas. No matter how far-fetched they are, no matter how bizarre they are, if people have no basis, if they have no conviction – if they have no grounding, especially when it comes to the Bible, well, they'll accept it, and they'd have. They have a lot. The videos that I've seen now of people protesting this and getting all irate has done exactly what they wanted them to do. I told you this then, and I said this exactly at the beginning of the week. 
this entire thing with the Supreme Court was extremely well-timed perfectly to be done exactly what they wanted, to be done as theater, to keep people focused on what they want them to be focused on, not look at what's going on with the rates with the Fed and the housing market starting to slow down or BlackRock coming in and buying entire subdivisions at 30 to 40% over asking price. No, we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about the new ministry of truth they want to put in and tell you what you can and can't say. We're not going to talk about the $33 billion that we're about to hand over to Ukraine directly funding a war, which, I mean, quite frankly, I'll be honest with you, Russia has been more compliant than I expected them to be with this. In majority of other countries, if you saw this happen, there would be a direct engagement at this point with the United States. This level of insanity of what we're doing over there and just now we're declaring war on Russia and saying we're going to seize and take and confiscate anything we want from Russian oligarchs now. We're going to seize property. We're going to seize houses. We're going to seize yachts. We're going to seize money. We're just going to start seizing everything we want from Russia, and then we're going to turn around and sell it on auction and then give some of the proceeds to Ukraine. I, I went into detail on that yesterday. That, that just boggled my mind. And then at the same time, while all this stuff is going on, Synchron Inc., which developed the so-called brain-computer interface that competes with Elon Musk Neuralink Corp., has now started their first clinical trial in the United States, putting the company's implant on a path toward regulatory approval for wider use in people. The Early feasibility study was funded by the National Institute of Health. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. Back up. Wait a minute. What did he just say? Oh, yes. The study was funded by the NIH. Oh, yeah. That NIH. Oh, the one that bobblehead Fauci continues to operate with impunity and has not at all had any type, <laughs> any type of indictment for his engagement in the COVID pandemic. Oh, yeah. That NIH. Yes. So the NIH is going to evaluate the safety of the advice known as the Strentrode. The New York-based company said it will assess how effective the Strentrode is in helping patients control digital devices hands-free. <laughs> I can't even make this up. It puts Synchron ahead of Neuralink in the clinical trials that is being funded by a trial director. Neuralink raised $205 million last year, but Synchron only raised seventy. Million. However, the brain-computer interface, or BCI, are now saying that there's massive engagements from other companies, including the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I can't keep. I can't make this up, guys. This reads like a bad horror movie. They are now going in and pumping massive amounts of cash into this new Synchron brain-computer interface, allegedly to help out people that are paralyzed. Now, I have to say this. I completely understand. If you have had that happen, you know, paraplegic, quadriplegic, there's been an accident or something's happened, you've been paralyzed, I can understand this. I mean, that's that's a horrific incident. Not being able to function, you know, being paralyzed, that's I, I can't even imagine. And my condolences to anybody that's ever been affected by that before. The problem that I have with this is I think everybody understands now that this isn't going to stop with helping people that have basically have had injuries. This is something that they're going to want to do in order to bring everybody into the Internet of Things. When you're talking about running clinical trials to help patients control digital devices hands-free with a Neuralink direct engagement implant into the brain, it's pretty clear what they're going to do long-term. This isn't going to be just for people that were injured. 
This is going to be an offering probably like they have with iPhones. Oh, guess what now, guys? We have the new Neuralink. You buy an iPhone 66 and you get a free Neuralink implant. Free of charge. You don't have to pay for it. You can directly tie into your phone without ever having to hold it in your hand. Remember what I talked about years ago? And people literally sent me emails and laughed at me, and they said, dude, that technology doesn't exist. When I talked about the 6G, which, by the way, nobody seems to bring up anymore, the 6G platforms, which 5G was only a stepping stone for 6G, 6G platforms, they were talking about having virtual reality, augmented virtual reality that you can see, virtually see and control with your eyes without having a phone in your hand. That 6G... Yes, this is where it's headed. They want to make sure that they can download, upload, implant, whatever terminology you want to use, into somebody's brain so that they can make sure that every thought of every man is evil all the time. How do you do that? You hear, I've, I brought that up on Genesis before, from Genesis. People say, well, how do you do that, Austin? How do you, how do you really do that? You know, we're still free Americans. Oh, yeah, we're free Americans, allegedly. The, the IRS continues to take money from <laughs> how do you make somebody think evil all the time well i don't know what happened in genesis as far as other than what i've read i wasn't there but one thing i do know is that when you start tying in 5g and the 6g and the technology and you start talking about neural links and you start talking about things can be downloaded and uploaded and you can start using digital devices hands-free which means you're going to have essentially an iphone or ipad downloaded into your brain which will be accessed through the 5G or 6G Internet of Things to download any manner of filth into your skull at any point in time, well, that seems like a pretty easy way to make sure that every thought of every man is evil all the time, right? How does it get that way? Well, I think we're watching it, my friends. You know, I've always was puzzled when I read about Sodom and Gomorrah, and it talks about Lot and his family, and he brought in the two angels into his house. And it said, every man, young and old, descended upon his house from the city. Every man. You can read it in multiple variations. It still says the same thing. Every man, young and old. Meaning every single dude in the city liked to mess around with other guys. They were, they were all perverts. That, I mean, just, just be clear there. And you wonder yourself, how does it reach that level? How do you get to a point? Where it goes to that level of debauchery, well, it's pretty easy. You remove the ethics, you remove morals, you remove any and all type of biblical principles, and then you start implanting massive amounts of filth for the brain. Well, kind of seems like we're watching that right now, right? We've taken away all levels of natural laws, essentially, in the United States. Yes, my friends, this is why I continually tell everybody it is so crucially important that we continue to maintain these biblical principles as a country. Because the United States Constitution and a true republic only functions when it has a moral society. That's it. It doesn't function any other way. When you start dropping cesspool individuals into society and you allow them to do whatever they want, as we've seen now in California and stuff, for certain examples – where people essentially can go commit violent crimes and they're back out the next day with potentially a slap on the wrist, and you start bringing in people from other countries 
that do not have Christian principles, some of which have very, very hardcore Muslim Sharia law principles, which are some of the most violent tactics we've ever witnessed in current history and in past history, where you go in and you say, well, we don't like what you said. You slandered Islam. We're going to go ahead and we're going to machete your head off now with a butter knife. Yeah, with a butter knife. We're not going to make it clean. We're just going to cut through your head. People, you guys have seen the sick videos they do over there. Well, that's that seems a bit barbaric, doesn't it? Does that, that seem very Christian? No, it's not. That's the point. You implant those people in the United States. You start giving them money, buying them houses, and pushing them into this country. Remember what happened up there in Minnesota with the law enforcement officer? The lady called the cops because there was some type of sexual abuse going on in the alleyway. She walks up to the cop car. And basically this Muslim Sharia law piece of crap, filth, Minnesota PD, draws his weapon from the passenger side and shoots her on the driver's side across his partner in the chest multiple times. And then says, oh, she startled me when she walked up in her pajamas to the, uh, the, the PD vehicle. That's so right. that didn't happen like that. He was a hardcore Sharia Muslim. He did not want any manner of a female walking up and speaking to him. Because that's what they believe. They don't allow females to walk up to them uncovered and speak. These are the people that are being brought into the country, and we're wondering why entire societies are degrading. When there's no biblical principles, everything collapses, my friends. So continue to get the truth out there and continue to stand up for what's true and what's right. What do you think, Deb? You know, Austin, that thing with the Somalian who shot that girl up in Minnesota, uh, it's crazy. I mean, the whole thing was crazy. And, you know, and the crazy part about it is, is that when you get somebody in, you know, I think Somalia's got an average IQ of 57. And I'm not picking on Somalians. I'm just telling you what their IQ is. I'm not trying to be weird here. It's just what they are. They're not real bright. And when you, when you get something in their head that basically they are going to be, you know, this hardcore Sharia law person and they're going to strap a bomb to themselves and blow themselves up, that's why you can convince them to, to, to do that. Because with a 57 IQ, you've got no reasoning skills. Some really nice looking girl comes walking out in her pajamas scared because she called the police or something's happening in the alleyway and you decide just to kill her on the spot. I mean, that's the same. But then again, you had the same thing with that law enforcement officer a few months back last year, I believe it was, pulled her gun out instead of the taser and shot somebody and killed them. I mean, you know, when you bring people into law enforcement that can't think and can't reason things out properly, you end up in a situation where law enforcement becomes extremely abusive. Just like you said earlier, Austin, you said, you know, you create a spiritual vacuum when you create, you take Christianity out of the United States. And remember this, this is very important. We all have a God-shaped vacuum on the inside of us that only God can fill. Now, we'll try to fill it with everything else we can possibly find before you get saved, before you understand who Jesus is and what the blood of the covenant did for you. But you'll try anything. You'll try drugs. You'll try alcohol. You'll try you know, multiple sex partners. You'll try anything. You'll try acid rock music. You'll try anything. Everybody's trying to fill that void on the inside because of the loneliness that it creates because you know something's missing. I remember when I was in graduate school at Florida State. I realized that something wasn't right. Now, the good news is my mom had taken us to church literally every Sunday for years on end because it was in the court order in the Lutheran church, and I learned and understood who God was and who Jesus was. And so when I finally saw what was going on in my own life and I had that vacuum, I came back to Christ, accepted Christ, got born again at the age of 23, and I've never looked back again. But see, the thing about it is if you don't have – a background in Christ, if you haven't been taken to church on a regular basis, or if you're just hearing it for the first time on this show, it becomes more difficult because you don't understand the principles and the concepts that I'm talking about. I mean, you talk about God Almighty, the creator of the universe, 
had a son in his own image who he allowed to die on a cross to basically bring us back to him as a redemptive sacrifice through his blood. If you hear that when you're 40 years old for the first time, you go, wow, that's out there. You do. But if you're trained and you're taught up how to believe that when you're little, you realize that that's what God did for us. So if you create that spiritual vacuum by taking Christianity out of the United States, then strange beliefs and Kabbalah and other weirdo stuff and witchcraft are accepted because that vacuum wants to be filled. And you got to realize that. And then you get people out there that are basically providentialism believers. They believe that no matter what happens to anybody, that is God's will, including bad things. I know years ago there was a skier who got basically paralyzed, and suddenly everybody was saying it was God's will that she was paralyzed. No, it wasn't. It was never God's will that she got paralyzed. It's never God's will for somebody to get hurt. And we were talking about quadriplegic and paraplegics before. But that doesn't mean you can't do something with your life. That means you can't be, you cannot be productive because you can. There are a lot of people get involved in the Special Olympics and everything else, and they're really, really working out hard. I mean, you see that all of the time. There's a guy right now in Congress who's like that. He's in great shape, but he's a paraplegic. So all of these things we see, we've got to remember that we've got to stay focused on what's really happening. And like Austin said a few minutes ago, they're using this ab- abortion thing now, which isn't, isn't going to change. They're, they're going to set up abortion centers on state lines, letting you know what they're going to do. If your state doesn't allow abortion, these Kabbalists are going to set up an abortion center, you know, 50 feet over the state line. And they're going to have these places where they can just drive, you know, 10 miles and go have an abortion. It's not going to change much. The numbers aren't going to really change because they programmed the United States that they're going to abort the children of the people in the United States to destroy the infrastructure and to destroy the social security system and destroy the values of the United States and to basically feed these children as they're being killed as human blood sacrifices to Lucifer, to Baal, or to Moloch, or whatever you want to call the weirdos that are worshiping nowadays. It's all the same entities, but this is what they've done. So we've got to understand this is where it's all going. And in, in, in Biden says it's, it's, not, it's not a right of the states and the people to vote on whether they think abortion is okay. I mean, I don't even know why anybody listens to that senile fool. Sure it is. If you're in a state that's very conservative and you don't want to have somebody killing children in your state, you should have the right to stop it. You really do. I think that's wonderful, and I think the Supreme Court needs to recognize that and do this. And, of course, it was being released from the Supreme Court. Somebody leaked it to cause all of this conflict now so nobody else can see what's going on. I mean, Lee Geller from the Geller Report, uh, she did an excellent article on this. and She said – I'm sorry, Pamela Geller, and it's called Dystopia America Bill Would Allow Feds to Purge the U.S. Military and Local Police Using Charges of Thought Crimes. Wait a minute. This is from The Federalist, May the 2nd, 2022. H.R. 350 would give federal agencies the power to classify as domestic terrorism whatever bureaucrats consider a hate crime, like they're doing in Canada with a bill I read earlier. A bill in Congress would create new domestic terrorism units within the Department of Homeland Security, the Department of Justice, and the FBI, tasked with spying on Americans considered terrorist threats, then rather than investigating and prosecuting them. H.R. 350, also known as the Domestic Terrorism Prevention Act, God, the people that make up these names, is beginning its way through the House Judiciary Committee. It would give federal law enforcement agencies the power to classify as domestic terrorists whatever the federal government considers a hate crime. Guys, this is the kind of stuff that George Orwell talked about. If you read the books, you know, the, the, the ones that were done by Anne Rand, Atlas Shrugged back in the 50s. And you see what happens when the federal government gets more and more and more and more power. They start to control people's lives and how they start making really stupid decisions. 
you know, I mentioned it to you guys, you know, on, on, on Tuesday. I was talking about the, the judge they used as a keynote speaker at Harrison's graduation and commencement hearing, commencement address. And the judge was awful. And in the real world, had he been put out there into the real world, he could have never have functioned in society but because of his academic qualifications and credentials that was put ahead of his ability to relate to other people. And so we see this kind of stuff all of the time, and we start to realize very, very quickly that if we don't think through what we're getting involved in, getting who the people are we're putting in front of them, they're going to do all kinds of crazy stuff. Perfect, another perfect example is that we are now being told that we're going to have to shut down almost all industry in Europe to meet environmental goals. In fact, this International Energy Agency is demanding a worldwide lockdown to meet climate goals. See, they don't tell you they're causing the global warming by the chemtrails. They don't tell you that. That they're causing the stratospheric geoengineering, basically the terraforming of the planet for whatever entities that are coming here want to have it terraformed to the higher temperatures. They're doing that. They don't care what to destroy. They're just destroying the planet. So they want to blame it on you because you drive a car. So we have to basically shut down industry and depopulate the planet because the people that are coming here next, the visitors from these other dimensions, I guess, through CERN or whatever they're doing, they don't want it the way it is. I mean, I don't know. You guys figure that one out on your own. But the International Energy Agency has demanded that governments worldwide essentially lock down the public to cut down the use of oil and meet climate change targets. Ordinary men and women are blamed for pollution, but corporate waste and big business practices and chemtrails are responsible for most problems. The IEA's proposed 10-point plan, which includes actions that were similar to the COVID lockdowns, such as working from home, restrictions driving and cutting air travel. We told you two years ago they're going to cut out the airplanes or try it. The U.K. government has written into law that the zero emissions target must be met by 2050 and has proposed the closure of all airports. Listen to this by 2049, phasing out beef and lamb as a food source and ceasing the construction of new buildings. This isn't about your health or the health of the planet. It's about the wealth and ultimately control of the peasants as they reimplement feudal systems in the United States. That's the goal here. It's always been the goal. And once, and once we understand what they're doing and we understand that these activists that are out there are phonies, they're being put up and put in positions of places. Look, look, look at that Thumberg or whatever her name was, that weirdo out of Europe, a teenager who hadn't got a sense of God gave a jackrabbit. She's got there. Oh, we've got to save the environment. Blah, blah, blah. Greta Thunberg. Moron. Total moron. Weirdo. Total weirdo. But look how famous they made her. I mean, I even remember her name. They made her famous because they wanted to use her as a spokesperson. This is what they do with everybody. Here's, here's another point on this. Environmental extremists and activists are phony rebels that are funded by billionaires. Extinction Rebel, XR, an environmental extremist group that has bases all over the world in 86 countries and the organization also works under the names Insulate Britain and Just Stop Oil. The group is funded by billionaires and is an establishment organization created to push globalist agendas under the illusion of rebellion. These groups, aided by the mainstream media, owned by the Rothschild group, again, State Street, Bland Garden, background, ground, right? the same people, the cabals who run the planet. These groups, same people who took down Building 7, owned them, aimed to cause chaos and increase fuel prices. Diesel was 5.50 a gallon here locally yesterday. Increase fuel prices, they usher in the New World Order. And they are supported by the U.K. Prime Minister Boris Johnson's father. They are promoted by Russell Brand and big banking families that include the Goldsmiths and the Rothschilds. Guys, this is the group of people that have continually run the planet, and they continue to do so. The Klaus Schwabs, who's also a Rothschild. And once you understand how they interlock these marriages in order to allow themselves to have power without using that name all the time, you start to understand how deep this conspiracy goes. By the way, 
Uh, I'm really happy to hear about this. The black woman now has basically uh, is running for Congress and is doing very well. She's an Air Force veteran, and she wins the primary to become the only black woman Republican in Congress. I love this. Jennifer Ruth Green, an Air Force veteran, says she can be a different and more effective messenger for conservative principles. I hope and pray that a lot more black women and black men who have conservative values and Hispanics who have conservative values and white people who have conservative values and people that are basically the foundational backbone of this country who have conservative values run for office. You know, the local levels first, then build it up to the state levels and the national levels. It's very, very important because if we can get back our local levels, our local governments, we can basically take back this country. That's going to take a while. And they're going to fight you all the way. And they're going to do the best they can to discredit you because they don't want you doing that. You know, cars in Europe basically now are being mandated to have GPS tracking. We already have that here with OnStar. And they're also going to have one have cameras of them and speed limiters on them. So if you go faster, it's going to automatically issue tickets to you. Guys, this is exactly what they want to do to the people here in the United States. I remember a few years ago, I drove through Switzerland. I ended up getting like $1,500 in tickets mailed to me in the mail. I kid you not. I'm not making it up. I was doing three miles an hour over the speed limit, and they caught me on, on speed cameras on the road. Nobody pulled me over. There weren't police chasing me down. They just started mailing me tickets and told me they were going to basically prevent me from ever going to Switzerland again or you know, or ever basically renting a car in Switzerland if I ever decided to go back there again. I mean, it was ridiculous. I ended up having to pay these stupid tickets for being three miles an hour over the speed limit. That's what they want here. Look at the speed cameras already, and not speed cameras, the red light cameras are being put in everywhere. They want everybody to be in this deep, deep state controlled grid in which they monitor every single thing you do. Well, here's the good news. You can pray every day at home. You can go sit yourself, go get yourself into a Faraday cage (laughs) if you'd like, and you can go to a metal building if you'd like, and you can go ahead and pray all you want to pray. And you can put out all the scalar waves you're going to put out through your prayer, and you're going to be able to change the fabric of space-time and protect you and your family. Because God gave us that ability through the blood of the Lamb that was sacrificed for our sins. I love you guys. I appreciate you. I had the opportunity to pray for you again this morning, as I mentioned earlier. You guys are the best. I'll also go ahead and finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and this is why it's so important, too, to continue to... Keep an open mind about things that are happening as far as look at the entire facet of what's happening. What they've done now with social media, mainstream media, if they've tried to get everybody into a one-track mind, that there is literally the only thing you can talk or think about is specifically what they tell you to think and talk about, which is <laughs> the direct thing that they've been trying to do. It's, it's the very reason of why they've been doing this. They want everybody to focus on exactly what they tell them to do. That's how you keep people controlled. That's why they don't want people talking about transgender perversion, why you're not allowed to even address it or criticize it. You know, I was talking to a buddy yesterday, and we were talking about, you know, kind of the incident that occurred with this Florida bill a couple weeks ago and this concept of going in now and, you know, teachers talking about they're going to walk off the job. They're, they're going to quit. They're going to quit because they can't talk about this now to kindergartners. And I told him, I said, well, I said, I'm a little confused on this. I said, because when at all did we tell anybody, nor did we consent from a societal standpoint, that it's okay for grown adults to talk about perverted sexual engagements with our five-year-olds while we're not present 
in general, even when we are present, but when we're not present in general. I said, when did we consent to that, and when was that okay? Because I must have missed the memo. I didn't get the email on that one. I, I just missed it when that actually became an okay thing to do. He started laughing. He goes, you're right. He goes, why was it actually even discussed that that was normal behavior in the first place? The fact that we actually had to sign a bill like that in Florida shows you the level of moral degradation that we've watched down this country. That a bill like that ever even had to be presented. Because you, you talk to me back in the 90s or early 2000s, and you say, yeah, by the way, we're gonna we're working on a bill to make sure that you know teachers can't groom and have sexual engaging conversations with five-year-olds. I go, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not just going to skate past that like you didn't just say what I think you said. Where is this coming from? Why in the world was this even a topic that got brought up? This is a societal norm that you just don't do. It's something you don't do with other people's children in general. It's not okay. There's certain thing called age groups. There's a reason why movies have ratings from the MPAA. Parental guidance is suggested under the age of 13, PG-13 films. There's stuff that's not age-appropriate in these films. You probably don't need to take your kids to see it. But, whoa, if we want to talk to your kindergartner child about being a cross-dressing pervert and how they need to do it if they want, and we're going to show them all the things that we like to do, well, that's totally cool. No, 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 no. It's a hard no all across the board. It was never okay. It's not okay. It will not be okay. Once you start allowing these individuals that are in these certain positions to have carte blanche immunity and they pretty much do anything they want without any checks and balances, it goes exactly the way we talked about. There are no morals. There are no ethics. There are no guidelines. And for some odd reason, a lot of these sickos, they are absolutely bent on grooming and bringing in these young children into their lifestyle. Because in my opinion, this is my opinion. I think a lot of these people that are for this are deep down either in the closet or open pedophiles. And stuff like that is not tolerable, not in society, not in a Christian society. This isn't something we're ever going to be okay, at least not me, not my house, not my family, nothing. I've been the same way about this repeatedly. So I continue to encourage my friends, make sure you know what's going on with your kids, especially the younger years. As they get older, I mean, if you... If you, you did the best you could, you raised them the way, that's, that's, it's up to them at that point. But these young kids, don't believe anything you tell them. You know, I, I got a chuckle out of it earlier. The kids stop by the office and, you know, Hunter rides me around all over the place. He hangs out with me when he's not in school and stuff. He's always running around with me. And I talk to him all the time when we're driving. I talk to him about different things. And he came in today and he goes, man, People need to stop moving down here. The traffic's getting horrible. <laughs> I just started laughing. I was like, oh, man. I said, he's been hanging out with me too much. And Landon started laughing. She's like, Austin, he's your son. I said, man. I said, they pick up everything you say. Hence the reason why it's so important not to let perverted pedophiles talk to your children. Whether it's in the school board, whether it's in the school system, whether it's in an open platform, whether it's on social media, don't let them engage your children. 
this is what their overall design and goal is to do, is to pervert these young, innocent kids. Once they get the children, this last generation we have now, if they actually attempt and successfully attempt to do it, there will be no coming back for the United States. Because once the young children, this group, once they reach teenage years and adult years, and they have no natural laws that they follow, they have no biblical principles, it's simply a free-for-all, any direction they want, there can be no standing republic. The republic doesn't exist at that point. So continue, my friends, to get the truth out there. If you guys need anything, be sure to check out the website, healthmasters.com. The product of the week, y'all voted and it won. I told you guys yesterday. And be sure to vote for what you want to see win next week. Right now, the vitamin C caps with antioxidants is product of the week. And also, too, thank you for your patience. We're getting updated and keeping everything going out with the meat buckets and the organic buckets. We've been getting a lot of orders recently, so there are a few orders that you know we've been catching up on over the last couple days over the weekend so thank you for your patience on that we do get every order out and everybody will get everything they ordered you have my word on that but occasionally some days we have a few delays whether it be with shipping whether it be with transport so thank you for bearing with us on that we get everything to everybody so thank you again for the support of health masters as anybody that's awake right now understands there's a lot of things that are happening behind the scenes when it comes to food production that's why we're continually trying to make sure and encourage people to stand up and stay strong and stay prepped as much as you can thank you again for your continued support have a blessed safe awesome night and we'll talk to you again on this show from healthmasters.com tomorrow y'all have a good one Broadcasting to the U.S. and around the world by way of clear digital audio, 22,500 miles above the planet. This is the Global Star Radio Network.